All right, Alexander, let's uh, talk about Blinken's trip to China. But um, more importantly, let's talk about how within 24 hours of that trip to China, where it looked like a little bit of progress was made. I don't want to say a lot of progress, a little bit, even though I think that uh, China uh, pretty much... Uh, sent some, some interesting uh, messages to Blinken. And um, they basically told him it's time for action, not words. That's basically the message that they sent to Blinken. You know, you're, everything that you've told us has, uh, you've, you've never managed to keep your, your word at whatever you've told us, so now we want action. That was pretty much the, the, uh, the result of the meetings. Uh, it didn't go too well for Blinken, but there was a little bit of, of progress made between the U.S. and China. But within 24 hours, it seemed like that all was just demolished by Joe Biden calling Xi Jinping a dictator. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, whatever little, little progress was indeed made from Blinken's trip to Beijing, 24 hours later, Biden is telling supporters in California that Xi Jinping is a dictator, all because uh, the the stupid balloon incident. Yeah. Ridiculous. Which which she's revived. And by the way, for those who say that all of this was just Joe uh, uh, being vacant and all over the place and, you know, um, talking, you know, emptily and, you know, God save the Queen type sort of things. I, I would point out that these words have been published also on the White House website. So it, 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 one can't just write, these, write this off as just Joe doing his thing again. Let, let's just go back to that Blinken trip because it's very interesting. So there was the balloon incident. The Chinese were absolutely furious about the balloon incident. And they basically said, look, we can't deal with these people. We're not answering the phone to them. We're not going to speak to Biden because, well, Xi Jinping has already said to Biden, to his face in a, uh, uh, in a virtual meeting. We have the Chinese readout that says that. Look, you tell me one thing, and then you go away, and the opposite happens, which is as close to saying to somebody's face in a diplomatic discussion that you're lying as it possibly as it's possible to get. So the Chinese were really angry at the balloon incident. They've lost patience with the administration. They were refusing to have contacts. So Blinken was supposed to visit China, they put that off. Biden was trying to phone and have a meeting with Xi Jinping, or at least a conversation with Xi Jinping. The Chinese wouldn't answer the phone. Lloyd Austin was trying to contact the Chinese Defence Ministry, and so was Milley as well. And again, the Chinese military weren't answering the phone. So the US began to get concerned and it's, it seems, we've never had this absolutely confirmed, but it seems that Biden and eventually got the Chinese to accept William Burns, the CIA director, who supposedly, and I think that we can take this as pretty much confirmed, went to Beijing on a secret visit, basically to try to get communications um, up and running again. And William Burns is a professional diplomat. He's uh, somebody who knows how to choose his words correctly. He's had experience. He was formerly ambassador in Moscow. So he did his job. And the Chinese said, right, well, let's invite 
Blinken over and see how it goes this time. So Blinken comes and he is put through the grinder. I mean, this is an extraordinary visit. I mean, you have to just you have to really read the Chinese websites to get a, a, a readouts to get a real sense of what happened. Because firstly, he meets he meets Xin Gang, who's the new Chinese foreign minister, who's proving to be very uh, tough. And Xin Gang puts Blinken through a seven and a half hour meeting. Remember, Xin Gang speaks English. Um, he was formerly ambassador to Washington. He puts Blinken through a seven and a half hour discussion. We're told that it's candid, which is diplomatic code for saying that the Chinese didn't mince words. And if you read the readout, it's basically our relations are worse than they have ever been at any time since the 70s. It's your fault. You've got to change your stance. We are expecting you to make all the big moves. We want to emphasize again that Taiwan is for us the most core of core issues. There's not going to be any further moves towards um, you know, supporting Taiwanese independence. The Chinese readouts, this is the official translated English language version of the Chinese readout. Apparently the Chinese version is even stronger. I can't read Chinese. But anyway, the, the Chinese version actually says that Xin Gang made demands of Blinken, which again is unusual. I mean, you don't just straightforwardly say that, you know, China demands X, Y, Z from the other side. And from what we can tell, Blinken just had to sit back and take it because his priority was to try to get some kind of um, contacts re-established. He then goes out of the meeting with Xin Gang, which lasts for seven and a half hours. He's then confronted by Wang Yi. Wang Yi was the previous Chinese foreign minister. He's now been um, promoted. He's now a member of the Politburo. He is an overall charge of foreign policy, and he is, in effect, Xi Jinping's national security advisor. And this is a shorter meeting, but it's even harder. I mean, it, it is, again, the readout is astonishing. There's even an article in the British media in the Daily Telegraph, who say how tough this meeting clearly was, with Wang Yi, again, laying it absolutely thick, saying, you know, you behaved appallingly, we don't really trust you, we do want to see relations um, repaired, and, again, one gets the sense that Blinken has no real choice but to take what comes. And then he's brought before Xi Jinping, and this is a short meeting, 35 minutes, in the Great Hall of the People. Both Wang Yi and Xin Gang are there, but it's um, Xi Jinping does all the talking. Again, you have to read the Chinese readout to get a sense of what happened, because what Xi Jinping does is he says, look, you've heard what we have to say. Um, you know, Now go back to Washington. You've heard all the things that we've said. We've heard our demands. We've heard our insistence on our positions. If you really want to move things forward, you can go back to Washington and you can. we're, we're going to wait and see what actions you're going to take. So it's more emollient, but it's clearly based upon the previous two really tough meetings with Xin Gang and Wang Yi. Now, Blinken takes it all. 
we get from the American Week readout that he brought brought up Xinjiang province. He again talked about um, uh, the rules-based international order. He repeated all the cliches, but he did that without conviction. Most importantly, though, he also said to the Chinese, and it's in the American readout, so we know it's true, that he said that America, uh, America recognises that Taiwan is part of China and will not support any move by Taiwan to seek independence from China. Now, I think that was something that the Chinese insisted upon as a condition for holding the meeting at all. It was probably what was discussed between the Chinese and William Burns. So, Blinken makes this important verbal concession. He gets these this incredibly tough meeting. He gets through it, and he gets the Chinese to agree to various minor things. But, of course, the most important thing is they agree to the setting up of a working party. And, of course, the purpose of the working party is to prepare the ground for some kind of a summit meeting between Xi Jinping and and Biden himself. In other words, either it's going to be a virtual summit or a one-to-one summit, but that's really why Blinken went to China. So he, he delivered on that. And then Biden comes along and calls Xi Jinping, the man who the Americans have gone through all this trouble to re-establish communications with, the man that Biden, in theory, wants to meet, he goes and he says that he's a dictator and he resurrects this balloon incident, which is the one that caused the relationship to collapse in the first place. Now, I, I can only say that there's three options, there's three possibilities. Either Biden, as I said again, didn't know what he was doing. It's possible. But then why confirm it all by publishing it on the White House website? Or there's a faction in Washington, which presumably includes Biden, which um, really doesn't want this rapprochement with China at all, and went out of its way to sabotage it by having Biden say that and by publishing it. Or the third possibility, and I think this is one we can't just ignore, is that Biden got incredibly angry when he got the information trickling through about the way in which Blinken was being treated in Beijing. Biden is known to have a very short temper, and he just went before the fundraisers, and he made these rude comments about Xi Jinping, whom he has insulted before. But whichever way you look at it, it is a train wreck. It's that Blinken was put through all that to achieve an opening which, from the Chinese reaction, the Chinese are intent on now closing down again. Yeah, well, uh, NBC News in the U.S. is reporting that uh, diplomats, the State Department diplomats in the United States were taken aback by Biden's comments. And they're trying to reassure the Chinese that Biden just just misspoke. It was another Biden gaffe. So I don't know how that factors into into the scenarios that you just laid out? Well, one can understand why the State Department, or at least Blinken's people, 
are, are trying to reassure the Chinese. Because think about it. I mean, Blinken went to Beijing. He went through all these grueling meetings. But he did manage to deliver on this working party and set the, set the stage for the summit meeting. So he can count it as some sort of success, if you like. He, he delivered on what he was supposed to do. And here comes along Biden, and he upturns it all. He makes it all look as if it's not going to happen, and the Chinese are furious. So uh, for once, I can imagine Blinken, you know, tearing out his hair, hair and being really angry and upset with his boss. And, of course, he's trying to retrieve the damage, to go back and repair the damage that his boss has done. The problem is, Xi Jinping has already said to, Biden, to Biden's face, look, I don't trust you. You say one thing, you do the, the other. Why, after this latest incident, should he change his mind about that? Why should he say to himself that there is some point in meeting Biden if he comes up with, these, with, with comments like this? Remember, Biden insulted Xi Jinping during his State of the Union address. You remember those extraordinary comments about who would, which world leader would want to be in Xi Jinping's place? Completely out of the blue. I mean, incredibly angry Biden when he said them. And again, one gets the sense that He's just reverted to type. He's talking in the way that he usually does. I think, my own personal view about this, the most logical and simple explanation is that Biden himself is very, very angry. He is seething about the Chinese. He doesn't really like Xi Jinping, and he can't control himself. And it's Biden himself who made sure that his words appeared on the White House website. I was just going to say the same thing. I mean, Biden doesn't like Xi Jinping, period. Yeah, period. He doesn't like Erdogan. He doesn't like Putin. He doesn't like Xi Jinping. He doesn't really like many, many people no. outside of the, the EU uh, leadership. The, the collective West, that's it. That's as far as Biden goes. Everyone else he, he despises. And he, he, doesn't, he doesn't hold back in, in expressing his feelings about, uh, about those leaders. So, I mean, if he... If he can't bring himself to to speak with Xi Jinping, to speak with Putin, to speak with with any leader outside the collective West, what's what are we left with? Well, I mean, you know, Robert Kennedy, he gave a speech, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., he gave a speech the other day, and he said uh, so many U.S. presidents, they found ways to speak with, with Russian leaders over so many decades. You know, why can't Biden just find the, the courage uh, to, to speak with Putin. He can't because he's Biden. He can't do it. Well, you, this is where put, we are. You put your finger on it. You absolutely think you, you put you put your finger on it. He he doesn't like. So Putin. why should the Chinese like, bother? Yeah, he can't stand Putin. He can't stand Xi Jinping. But you've asked the, you've, you've asked the question, which I am sure is being asked in Beijing at this moment in time. We went through all that trouble with Blinken. We seem to be making some progress with him. Along comes Biden. It's absolutely clear what he feels about us. Why should we bother? If we meet him, nothing is really going to change. Uh, that's what Putin discovered when he met Biden in Geneva, if you remember, back in 2021. He met 
Biden then. The meeting seemed to go well, except, of course, Biden goes back to Washington and everything continues as it was before. So all sorts of agreements are reached or appear to have been reached and none of them is honoured. So I'm sure this is what the Chinese are saying to themselves at the moment. And, you know, it's all very well for Blinken to come along and say, pay no attention, this wasn't really intended seriously, let's press on, and sort out things as we agreed. And the Chinese, who must be very, very angry, are going to be saying to themselves, well, that's Blinken, but really, can we trust this man, Biden? Is there any point in having this meeting? Perhaps we should just call it off. Yeah, I mean, press on with what? That's my, that's my point, you know. Where are you try, what are you trying to get to? A meeting between Xi Jinping and Biden? For what purpose? When Biden doesn't want to meet with Xi Jinping, he doesn't want to speak with him, he calls him a dictator, he calls Putin a dictator, he calls Zambia's a dictator, and Erdogan a dictator, and Modi's a dictator, and, and Ramaphosa is a dictator. Everyone is a dictator to Biden. Well, absolutely. Everyone. Absolutely. Orban, Orban, the dictator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, my point in all of this is that, is that, you know, why should China repeat the mistakes that Russia made with the United well, States? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And Putin, and Putin held up the document to the African leaders and he said, we had a peace document they, uh, they reneged on their, uh, on their agreements, they threw it in the dustbin. We've had Minsk one, we've had Minsk two, we've had, you know, not one inch to the east with NATO. How many times? China, I mean, China must be looking at this and saying, why should we go down the same eight, nine, 10, 20 year path that all these other countries have gone through with, with the United States and with a Biden now that we know is not going to keep his word? It's obvious uh, uh, he's not going to keep his word. 24 uh, hours is all it took. 24 uh, hours. Uh, absolutely. Exactly. Well, bear in mind, and this is an important point to understand, it was not the Chinese who were seeking this meeting. I mean, the Chinese, you know, just stopped communicating with the Biden administration completely. It was Biden and the team around him who tried to reopen communications, who sent William Burns to Beijing who then managed to get the Chinese, very grudgingly, to send Blinken to Beijing. And it's the US that has been pressing for this summit meeting. And the reason the US is doing it, it's very simple, and I think it's all too obvious now, is that they're playing for time. Um, there's an admit that, I mean, you, you've discussed it in previous programmes. The priority now for the US is to get through the election period. We've got the election coming in November 2024. Biden's position is precarious, despite all the, the steps the Justice Department seems to be taking on his behalf. But anyway, he's in a difficult position. Talk about the US again going into recession. So, and the war in Ukraine is not going well. So the thinking on the part of some people, the, you know, the Jake Sullivan, perhaps, group, is let's try to calm things a little with China at least for a few months, until we get the election out of the way. And then, of course, we can go back to uh, doing all the usual things that we were doing before. So that's, that's, why, that's why Blinken went to Beijing. It wasn't the Chinese who wanted him. It was the Americans who wanted him. But it's a strategy 
But it's a strategy that is, at one level, duplicitous, because, as you absolutely rightly said, there's not going to be any real breakthrough in relations between China and the United States. I don't think the Chinese believe that there is going to be. And secondly, and more importantly, it's been wrecked almost immediately by this visceral reaction from Biden. He doesn't like Xi Jinping. He hates Putin. He hates uh, um, um, most world leaders, as you correctly said. He doesn't get on with Erdogan. He doesn't get on with Netanyahu. He doesn't get on with all sorts of people. And um, you only have to listen to his various speeches going all the way down the years. He has been an absolute arch neocon politician since way back into the 90s and beyond. And his attitudes towards other countries, towards other leaders outside the collective West, is incredibly dismissive. So the Chinese will be saying to themselves exactly what you're saying. They're going to be saying, well, why should we? Why should we negotiate with this man? He clearly isn't interested. He wants this summit. Blinken came along and got us to agree to this working party to discuss the summit. But from our point of view, what point is that? Because clearly we can't work, we can't deal with this person at all. And by the way, you mentioned Minsk 1, Minsk 2, um, the Istanbul negotiations between the Russians and the uh, Ukrainians, which um, Putin showed to um, the Africans. Well, we know from Nafti Bennett that the explanation the Biden administration gave to him, to Nafti Bennett, the former Prime Minister of Israel, for wrecking that deal was because it would lose face, the US would lose face before China. It would, it would Im supposedly embolden China. So you can already see that for Biden and for those around him, Biden remain, uh, China remains not a, not a partner but ultimately a target. Now, what the Chinese are going to do, I don't know. I mean, you know, they are under certain pressures themselves. They might decide that in spite of everything, there might be some point in having another meeting. Who's to say? But, I mean, it looks less likely now. And we can increasingly see that they're going to harden their terms. And, of course, they've got, they probably think they've got time on their hands. They're increasing defence spending. They're strengthening their positions with the Russians, they're doing all those kind of things, maybe they will say to themselves, well, let's just have this meeting. It's not going to deliver anything, but at least we need the time to. Who's to say? I'm not sure. But it shows what this whole incident shows, is that a rapprochement, a deal, a real deal with sticks between the US and China is all but impossible and absolutely impossible, whilst this administration remains in office. Yeah, it's impossible. As long as Biden is president, it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll leave it there at thedoran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, Big Shoot, Telegram, and Rockfin, and go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.